Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of All Queued Up, your review podcast tied to streaming services like HBO Max, Amazon Prime, or Zix Prime Video, uh, Netflix, what have you. Uh, I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Maya Don Fisher. How are you doing today? Oh, pretty good, considering I'm tired as hell. I uh, <laughs> got like four hours of sleep from 5 a.m. to 9, about 20 after 9, so just over four hours of sleep last night. You know, I've been playing Horizon uh, Forbidden West since it dropped Friday. I've already got 63 hours in the game. Um, you know, I'm not this surprised. Being, this being at 6 p.m. on Wednesday. Um, I've been playing it about 11, 12 hours a day. Uh, <laughs> but I've been stopping by midnight or 1 o'clock every night. And last night I stopped playing it. 1230 and I was like all right time to go to sleep I could not go to sleep I laid there could not go to sleep tossing and turn trying to get comfortable could not I finally I just laid there and laid there and laid there until I was so exhausted I finally fell asleep then I messaged you first thing this morning I was like can we record later in the day because I feel like a bag of ass But yeah, that's how my week's been um, since Friday. I've just been playing Horizon Forbidden West and am in love with it. Um, can't say enough good things about the game. Um, but I won't spoil anything because I know you've not started playing it yet. No, yeah, I'm still waiting for my copy through Gamefly. It's They sent it last Thursday. Wow, and it's still not gotten to you. Well... In their defense, um, it wouldn't have been here by Friday or Saturday. Just no, because the, then, were they based? I think what Pittsburgh. Um, maybe, but I know that my facility is in LA. Oh, okay, really? Yeah, I know the one I always got them from. I think was around Pittsburgh uh, when I used GameFly, which I no longer do anymore. But it was a great service when I did use it. I was going to say, like, I, I don't know if it's our post office or if it's because of the distance or they have to charge more, whatever it is. I never get a game like that soon. It's always within like four days. Um, sometimes longer if it's if it does something like this week where there was two whole days off that the post office had. So what was this week? President's Day, Monday. Oh, it was. I didn't even know. That's fair. I I forgot about it until Sunday night because I was really, really busy Sunday with DoorDash. And I was like, why is it so fucking busy? And I looked at my phone. I was like, oh, because people are off tomorrow. That's why it's busy. Nice. Which I wasn't complaining, but it was just odd. You know, I was like, why the fuck is it so busy? And then like Monday was, was pretty good because people were off. So they were ordering food and whatnot. But um, hell yeah. But I knew that because there were two days off at the post office, I probably wasn't going to get it until today as of recording Wednesday. But my mail two days come off until... were they closed Friday too or Sunday, Sunday and Monday. Oh yeah, well see, I'm I'm always used to Sunday being closed. That's why I'm saying two days. So they sent it. They 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 mailed it out on Thursday, which means that it got picked up Thursday evening. It didn't get processed until Friday. Then probably got shipped from L.A. to the post office here. 
and didn't get fully processed until either Saturday night at this post office or Tuesday morning. More than likely Tuesday morning. So that's why I haven't gotten it yet. And I will either get it tonight or tomorrow night for sure. Gotcha. And if I don't get it by Thursday night, I'll definitely be calling or not calling, but contacting DoorDash and be like, hey, what the fuck's up? But I know that how they do that. They're like, DoorDash and Gamefly. Yeah, I'm sorry. A little tired. Uh, yeah, Gamefly, they've done that in the past. And they're like, wait two weeks. I'm just like, two fucking weeks? Two weeks? Um, but, uh, I'm excited to play it regardless. Very excited. Based on your, you know, what you've said and the fact that like the game, first game was great. And and here's the thing. All the things that were minor nitpicks in the first game, like, you know, gameplay, combat, things like that, they improved on it in this one. Oh, I imagine so. Um, And... Honestly, I didn't have any gripes with the first game. I just know that some people did. And I think, you know, things are more fluid in this game. But I'm enjoying it a lot, and I'm running it on a base PS4 instead of a PS4 Pro or a PS5 because even though I thought I'd have a PS5 by now, fucking Sony sending me an invite. Here, you're invited to a PlayStation Direct where you can purchase a PlayStation 5 console from us via invite alone. And then as soon as I get in there, oh, we're sold out. Fuck you. <laughs> uh. Yeah, because they, they the way they handle that is really is really stupid. Um, where they they want more people than uh, they invite more users than they have consoles on hand. Yeah, because they don't know if someone's going to drop out. So that's that's the entire reason they do that. That's what I was trying to say. I, I think they should invite the number that they have, and the, if there's any leftover, put up another round. Say, hey, if you were in the waiting list, the first round didn't sell out. Here's your chance to buy another one and invite that many people. It wouldn't be hard to do. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't be hard to do, but it's also fucking these companies that they do not give a fuck if you're upset. They really no, don't. They, they don't. They don't fucking care because any bad PR is still PR. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, other than that, my week's been fine. I've just been busy working and taking care of stuff. I, uh, I think I've kind of mentioned it to you, but, uh, there have been a lot of bill issues with my with in my household. Yeah, yeah, and I'm solving it slowly. But you know, it's. I was talking to a friend of mine earlier today, and she's all the time worrying about something continually, every single day, from the time she gets up to the time she goes to sleep. She's worrying about things, about shit that I'm just like, why do you even worry about that? It's nothing that's within your realm of control. So why worry about it? The only thing that I worry about, aside from the well-being of my family, you know, Misty and Madison, first and foremost, is the financial issues. And if the financial issues are good, nothing else is bad. You know, uh, there's that, not not saying nothing's bad entirely, but it's like, there's just so much stress gone 
because of the financial burdens being lifted. So, you know, I feel you, and I, I look forward to you getting all that lined out and smoothed out very soon. Yeah, the the the, the biggest hurdles that like we're coming across. So, like, we had to pay uh, a loan payment bill, which was like four hundred bucks, and then the cell phone bill, which was two seventy seven. Um, so I was earning money to pay for both of those. And we had a certain amount because of dad's like mid month payment that he gets from the state slash government, um, federal limit. Uh, we were trying to figure out how to get that done. I was working certain hours and, and earning enough money. And, uh, and I was like, cool, we're nailed. We got it. And then like a surprise one came out of nowhere because why? neither of my parents remembered to tell me and it wasn't one that was written on the bill list. I'm not going to go into specifics, but they just refused. They just didn't tell me. They didn't think to tell me. They didn't remember to tell me. And so then I'm scrambling, trying to figure out what to do. Yeah. And that's just unneeded, unnecessary stress that could be avoided with just a little bit more, heads up yeah you know and i think once all three of you get on the same page about you know knowing exactly what's coming out what needs to come out when you'll be in a lot better situation and I th- you know from from what you've been explaining to me everything seems to be progressing towards that situation towards that towards that status yeah it's hard to say whether it is or isn't i mean i'm gonna be honest with you like there's there's aspects to it that i'm like Cool, we're we're inching towards that, and then there's other aspects where I'm like, did we just fucking MC scat cat of the situation? <clears throat> two steps forward and two steps back. Oh, I thought Glad it was. Uh, I thought it was one step forward, two steps back. Well, that's what it feels like is one step forward, two steps back. So, if I fucked up the lyric to make the joke, that's okay. Okay, and uh, to, to you know. They get what you're saying. They get what you're saying. It's like make a little bit, chip away, and then something comes up and it just feels like, okay, I'm not getting anywhere. I get that. Well, one of, one of the things that drives me fucking nuts right now is that uh, my Aunt Anita giving us back this car, like there's a whole story behind that. Um, you know, she was like, one of the things I want you to do is to... Uh, save money. I want you to save as much as you can. Um, I'd like to look her square in the eye and be like, fucking how? Okay, yeah. So, it's little things like that, but I'm just like, that fucking sucked. I think I got a butt bite on my belly. Um, anyway, folks. Had a uh, feast. <laughs> I will say this. Here's, here's the positive angle of me constantly being busy. Um, when I'm not busy, my brain likes to wander so annoyingly that, uh, little things will really bother me. Uh, little jokes that friends make in my direction that they don't mean anything by, but it's there. And, uh, or, um, that if I mean, having a feast on your belly was out of love, Greg. But like, like the jokes. Okay, so for example, I apparently pronounced the word once wrong. Um, I pronounce it once because that's just like how my brain wants to say it. And if I'm in the middle of conversation, I don't, you know, I don't think about it. 
And it's a it's a joke that you and the other friends that we play with make. Correct? I don't make it. I laugh at it. I don't make it. I never once have I uh, whatever. made made the joke in, in, at your expense. However, I will laugh the fuck along when it happens. <laughs> so when that when that happens, the, there's a part of my brain that gets really really concerned with a lot of bullshit that it doesn't need to concentrate on. Right? Yeah. Uh, and it it sucks. Like I I hate it. I hate it so goddamn much. I wish I didn't. I wish I didn't constantly have those thoughts. I wish I constantly didn't have like these dumb fucking like pieces of my brain that go, Oh, this is, this is bad. Concentrate on this. Um, but me being busy, me having to concentrate on stuff that's important to the household and, and figuring that stuff out. That shit just does not fucking have room. It just doesn't have room. That's as simple as I can put it. It's not that it doesn't want to hyper-focus on it. It's not that it doesn't say certain things that make me feel that way. There's just no room. There's no room or energy for it anymore. It just isn't. So when I'm sitting here talking to you and doing the podcast, I, I fucking, you know, it's it's great and I love doing it and there's nothing inherently wrong, but I got I gotta admit, like my mind is on the next task to solve a problem in this house. So and so I don't know if that's bad or good. I don't know if I need to seek a therapist, but that's the fucking way that it is. And I'm not well, going to make a big deal about it considering, you know, I don't feel it, like anxiety anymore. I don't feel depression. I'm just like, there it is. You, there's the, there's, got, there's the you've solution. You've got an active goal that you're working for and you've got a solution that you're working on, you know. So I think it's a good thing. Um, but, you know, I think that's like this and our Wednesday night game nights. I think those things are beneficial for you to wind down, to unwind, to relax, you know. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Like it's me playing video games. Doesn't ever make me wind down. Like, well, when you play horizon, when you're playing that game, you're leaning back in a chair and you're relaxed and you're playing the game, right? No. I never sit in a chair when I play games. I'll lay on the floor. Okay. I don't need to be specific about where you are. Are you relaxed? Are you chilling out? I mean, to an extent. Like, I don't... Like, if I can't um, perform a certain task... Uh, Initially, I don't get frustrated. I don't get mad. I used to. I'm way more relaxed and way more chill um, in that regard. I don't think. Uh, I don't but, think but, you're. But no, no. I get what you're saying. Uh, you know, but no, my brain is busy. It's focusing on the task at hand. It's not winding down, so to speak, uh, in that fashion. But it is one of the things that I use to relax. Even though it's... yeah, I don't, I don't relax playing video games. That's my point. My brain doesn't do that. Um, if I'm playing, we play a lot of Fall Guys, and my like, I'm just constantly like, I have to perform at my max capacity. Period. There is no relaxing. There is no chilling out. It it's straight up. I'm in it. Um, video games for my brain are a task, a task that requires me to be at full attention, and that full attention takes a lot of energy and time and space. 
Um, so when I, when I say what I say, like, you know, when I get, I've, I've told you about my, uh, um, gaming fevers, right? Yeah. Yeah. A while back. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, that's a part of what I'm talking about. Like I get the gaming fevers because my body has to be at hundred percent. My body has to be just go, 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 go. And so adrenaline is just pumping and I don't know how to turn it off. But what I have learned is that I have learned to calm it a little bit. So like, for example, our Wednesday tonight, you know, we're going to be playing Uno. I'm excited about that. Why am I excited? Because I that fucking gaming fever doesn't happen. Oh, okay. With Fall Guys, the reason I love Fall Guys is, you know that giant fucking gap of time between uh, qualifying and the next round? Yeah. A little come down, play. little yep. come down period in between it rounds. Evens me out. I tried to play Halo. Fucking spikes. And it just continues to be at that spiked. So, and the older I get, I'm not exactly in the best health. And I know that my family has heart issues. So I'm trying to prevent further heart issues by having my adrenaline just be fucking all the time on. Again, if what I'm saying saying doesn't make sense, it's fine. I know that I'm super fucking weird, but it is it is what it is, and I and I'm not going to question. It. I'm just going to go with it because I don't know what else to fix it. it. Makes sense to me. That's good. I get what you're saying. Oh, well, yeah. So, um, I don't know how we got on that topic. Oh, uh, having these goals and whatnot, uh, like. Is, is like what is helping, weirdly enough. Playing the video games, playing Wednesday night, that doesn't help. It doesn't. It's, it's just it's a, nice, a nice, you know, it, it gets my mind off of those worries for, you know, a few hours. And that's why. Yeah, that's what I mean by it. But it doesn't stop my brain from being active. Like the second I'm done, it's right back in there. Uh, it's that it's that whole, um, like, you can drink your problems away, but when you're done drinking and you're sober again, your problems will still be there. It's like, yeah. And my brain doesn't forget that. It doesn't choose to forget that. <laughs> so, but, uh, um, anyway, folks, <laughs> God, that, that was 20 minutes of us just talking about shit. Uh, not really. Me. If you want to hear a story about somebody speaking for 20 minutes about literal shit, I do have a story. That's true. Um, but that's 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 a different episode of the podcast. I don't even remember what episode number that is. It's not even our podcast. This is part oh, podcast I was right. part of. <laughs> Another right. podcast I was a part of. Yeah. Uh anyway, folks, um we are here to review things. The things. Uh things. Um we're reviewing two things on that were on Amazon Prime. Uh the finale of the Legend of Ox Machina, which we reviewed the past three weeks. And the uh, beginning or the start of a premiere, that's the word they usually use, of uh, season four of Marvelous Miss Maisel, which you can also find on Amazon Prime or Prime Video, whatever the fuck they want to call it. Um, so I figure we'll start with uh, we'll start with Vox Machina and then, you know, go into the next show that we'll be reviewing for the next three weeks. Four All weeks, right. Three weeks, I don't, three weeks. I, I don't know. If, are they doing two episodes a week? Yeah. 
Uh, well, then three more weeks after this week. Yep. So, so it's weird how, how Prime. Yeah, I was like, it's weird how Prime is releasing their content now, and I feel like the boys will be like that. Probably. I know that we have a lot of content we're going to review in, in March. Uh, we have the Halo series. We have Diabolical. Um, there's a couple other even, things. I don't even know what Diabolical is. It is an anthology show, so each episode is different than the next. Uh, animated. You know anime. what anthology means, you fuck. <laughs> I'm just clarifying <laughs> for you and our listeners. Oh, um, sorry. <laughs> the, uh, but it's... Uh, it's different animated shorts that are that, that take place within the boys' universe, but they're all animated, oh. animated and written by different people. So there's a whole okay. Okay. whole episode uh, uh, written and animated by uh, Justin Roiland, who does um, Rick and Morty. Um, I, I'm trying to remember some of the other people because there was a ton of voices and talented writers like and the list on the trailer it was fucking wild but what i what i like about that is you know what i love about little anthology shows is that it one of the episodes could fucking suck but the rest are great you know and it doesn't matter it's not like it hindered the show because it was like oh that one sucked but everything else was good it's like it's like i don't dislike um uh, black Death mirror and robots or black mirror yeah, because of a like, I absolutely fucking hate the one that Anthony Mackie's in. I hate that episode. The one where the two guys are playing a fucking fighting game and then they figure out that they're in love with one another because they're fucking each other in the game. Fuck that episode. I hate it. I, did, I didn't care for that episode either. But like, Black Mirror's great. I'll still recommend it to people. So that's why I'm excited about Diabolical. But then we have the Halo show on Paramount Plus. We have. Uh, I'm trying to remember some of their stuff that, but there's a bunch coming out in March. Like it's going to be a busy month, so yeah. And then there's March Madness. That too, mm, yeah. I'm excited for March Madness. I know. I, I don't know if our friend is going to do that uh, that bracket thing. Oh, we're absolutely doing brackets. I just don't know if he's setting it up or not. So anyway. Oh, sorry, folks. Uh, yeah, so let's get into uh, the finale of Vox Machina, the last three episodes, uh, 11, uh, 10, 10, 11, 11 12. 12. So the last time we were with them, uh, Lady Briarwood was about to... Oh, no, she she unleashed um, a bunch of... Uh, Undead. Zombies. What I don't remember, because it's all kind of one cohesive story in my mind at this point, and I watched it like when it premiered last Thursday at midnight um was it this this three episodes where pike showed up or was it the end of last week uh no she 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 showed up at the end of last week okay okay that's okay <clears throat> so yeah these oh because yeah that's, that's right the last shot of last week was um uh percy holding the gun to um and bolin brolin bolin ripley Ripley, thank you. Ridley, Fuck. Ridley or Ripley or something like that. I think it's Ripley. The second you said it, my brain clicked to it. But yeah, because she uh, she had tortured Percy and his sister uh, back before they escaped. Um, but this is also where we learned that there is a demon inside of Percy that's kind of controlling his actions, and uh, but only controlling them in combat specifically. Yes, which is 
like again i've been i've been listening to critical role and i'm i'm now currently listening to their second campaign while i'm door dashing and then you know watching each of the new episodes of their third campaign on twitch every thursday night but there's a bunch of people on youtube that keep combining the the actual D session to what happened in the um the show yeah. and uh none of them have done the thing with this demon and i'd love to fucking see how they how like matt and uh talison did that like when they created that for percy that it's it's such a fucking neat idea yeah, yeah. Um, so Percy will be speaking, and then the demon. Uh, don't remember its name. I remember it began with an O, like Corvax or something like that. Or Orthax or Orth. Yeah, it was or, this... or Crotch or something. I don't know. Um. Um. When Percy, like... Percy speaks, and then the. The demon's like, oh, you do want to do this. He's like, no. You know, he's trying to resist. He's trying to fight. And then, you know, the, the voice that emits from his body is the voice of the demon. And it's wild. It's cool. And his eyes change. Uh, nice effects they've done on that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was fucking rad. Like, because that a, a big thing, there was a big interview with all of them through IGN. And they were talking about like, like Sam was talking about how they have to, they have to change how the show is written. So that way it's a cohesive plot for an animated series. Whereas like, you know, they don't have to show them going to the fucking shops. They don't have to show them figuring out the outfits they're going to wear or changing their armor or all this, all the shit you do in D and D. They yeah. they don't they don't need to show that for the animated show. They just need to do the thing. So um there's a lot of extra details through the through the uh the campaign that don't make it into the show. Um but one of the things that I thought was really interesting was uh Pike, for example. Um so yes, that part of her leaving to figure out how to fix her connection to the Everlight. And then meeting back up with them as an astral projection. Mm -hmm. So Ashley was in New York filming a bunch of stuff, and so she couldn't be there. And she she it was it was killing her to not be there. And uh, so what they did is they wrote that part, and then to have her come back at the part where she kills all the zombies, mm -hmm. they they brought her in via Skype, and they had her on a laptop on the table. Well, that's cool. And then and then. Uh, she couldn't make it to the next session. So Matt kind of wrote it in that she just like her, her connection to the astral version of her just, just vanishes. It just disappears. I was like, that's fucking clever. <laughs> uh, Orthax. And it was voiced by Matt Mercer, by the way. I knew it was something like that. I said, or crutch. <laughs> um now the, the 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 10th episode was really enjoyable because we see a reveal um well we see a couple of reveals really if you want to talk about a naked grog uh 
fucking hilarious. Yeah, I, I um, love Grog. They're, they're trapped because um, they've been betrayed, but not by the Dr. Ripley or whatever her name was. Um, uh, it's Anne. I know her first name is Anne for sure. I just I had thought it was it. Anna. Oh, it might be Anna. I'm looking it up. Yeah, Greg's looking it up. I think it's Anna Ripley. You're probably right. Uh, let's see. Maybe. Episode 10. Anna Ripley. What was that? Thank me. Um, so, yeah. You, the whole time, Percy thinks that she's going to double-cross him, and turns out his sister double-crosses him, and as she is leaving to lock them in this chamber, um, Vax slides under the door and pulls his daggers out on her as she's got a sword to his throat. And that's how the episode comes to an end. They are... Uh, Vax is charmed by Silas Briarwood, and he and Cassandra leave with the Briarwoods as the rest of the team and Anna Ripley are trapped in this acid pit. And the line that Pike used, an acid trap, how fucking original. Uh, that was hilarious. Yeah. I love, I love that, like... So, uh, knowing Pike in this show and knowing how she functions, I love that she is a holy person, but she is totally full of debauchery. She does, she doesn't care. And I, I absolutely love that as a character arc or not a character arc, but a character archetype, because, um, I find the holy person who is, has to do everything in a very holy manner and no, like boring. It's fucking boring, boring. as fuck. Like I don't care. Like give me, give me, give me Pike. I fucking love. Pike. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've actually played with people, and they're like, "What class do you think about playing?" Well, I'm thinking about playing a cleric. You know, being all holy and everything. I'm like, "No, nah, we don't need a cleric." Totally fucking the party on a healer, but <laughs> yeah. I just don't want to fucking put up with that shit. Well, that's and that's why, like, I think I told you, I was like, if we ever start another D and D group, I want to be a cleric because uh, watching, watching season three or campaign three and listening to campaign two, and then also now watching Vox Machina, I'm like, oh, you don't have to play a cleric like a fucking holy person. That's the thing, you don't have to play with a stick up your ass like some people do. That's true. It is like, it is our world to create. I mean, for Christ's sake, I'm finding out that DMs have been just creating worlds within the D&D rule set. Yeah. Like, not using the pre-made worlds, just creating their own fucking place to play. And I'm like, that's dope. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a lot of work, which is why I used a pre-made adventure uh, yeah. when we were playing. But even then there were a lot of changes that I would make to that pre pre-written thing because it's more of a guideline than a hard and fast stru structure. Right. And there's a lot of things that you guys did that weren't covered in it. And I would make shit up on the fly. Oh, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it for a second. I apparently, like, I watched a clip of um, uh, everyone who was playing Matt, like the Matt is trying to guide them towards where he like get, can give them a choice, and they chose option C, which he didn't have. 
So he literally just pulls up a whole piece of paper and just rips it into shreds and then throws it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, dude, it's so fucking fun. Like, I, I, I'm mad at myself for not getting into Critical Role earlier or getting into other D&D podcasts earlier because they are a blast. Oh, like, yeah. It's making me want to play again, but, like, actually have a different level of fun with it. Mm-hmm. But, anyway, back to the... The, the, the show, part. speaking of the blast, of blast, the show's a blast, uh, you know? Like, they're in this acid trap, and they're trying to figure out how to get out of it. And Keyleth's like, okay, I'll just use vines that are coming down because they're in this subterranean cavern. She calls down vines from the ceiling that had grown through to wrap around the fucking pipe that's dispensing the acid. And it works for about 0.03 seconds before the acid eats through the vines and then the crimped pipes it bursts through those spots. Now the room's flooding quickly and Scanlan uses his hand, his magic hand, uh, to hold everybody up to get above the acid while they're trying to find a way out. Turns out there's three switches that have to be pulled in conjunction, uh, you know, at the same time. Uh, and one of them is next to the drain where the acid is. So Grog's like, I got it. Takes his clothes off and just dives in. And you see the acid start just ripping his flesh open. And then Pike's like, I'll heal you. And she's constantly... Uh, while he's swimming down through this acid and in pain and it's eating his flesh away, tearing his flesh away, she's healing, trying to knit and mend and repair the flesh back at the same rate that it's, you know, ripping away. And it was a, it was a great effect. Well, what was funny, though, at the end of it, you know, they succeed in draining the acid. He's standing there all naked and she heals him. And he says, she says, how do you feel? He's like, I don't know. Is Captain Winky still there? <laughs> <laughs> and she looks, she's like, hanging low. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> That's another thing. I absolutely fucking adore their friendship. Yeah. They they are, oh my god, dude. It's just, it's just so awesome. But, uh. But yeah, dude, it's, it's and that's that's the other thing. Like you, you know, you're mentioning it's fucking hilarious. Like the stakes are astronomically high for them in this in this particular season. But yet there it's still is levity fun. to make it fucking a riot. Yeah, to make it fun. So yeah, I just dude, like I don't want to ruin the last episode. I want people to watch it. I don't like. I don't want to kind of go too deep into what happens in the final battle and whatnot because it's. It's an experience you should watch, genuinely. Uh, I'm not just saying that to be like, hey, like, I don't know. I I think you should watch it. That's that's all I'm getting at. Um, it's and it's and it's fucking digestible. It is 12 20 minute episodes. That is well about 25 minutes on the average, without credits. Because some of them are 32, some are 28, some are 24. Really? I didn't yeah. notice that at all. <laughs> well, that's and that's the signs of a good story because the time you it doesn't feel like twenty minutes went by when you get done watching it. Dude, I gotta tell you, like I legit la this last Thursday was was not heavy sobbing, but definitely crying at the end of this like episode sixteen of, of Critical Role. Oh yeah. Something happened. I, I I won't get into it. But the reason I mention that is because I know the show's gonna fucking do that to me too. I know it's gonna fucking do it. I'm already in love with these characters, and I give a fuck about them so deeply that if anything happens to them, it's gonna be devastating. 
Like, and it was just 12 episodes. It was my first introduction to this group. And I adore them. Fuck, dude. <laughs> show ruined me. The show ruined me. <laughs> uh, to be fair, you've been ruined for a while. All right. That's unnecessary. <laughs> I didn't say how you were ruined. I just said you were. Yeah, fair. Uh, well, why don't we go ahead and give final thoughts just so we don't spoil the ending of the season. Um, but, uh, oh, that's what, that's what I was going to say. Sorry. Last week, um, I watched a clip of, uh, how they did the scene with Scanlan in the, um, that house he was trying to light on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, those potions were based on rolls. Yeah. Yeah, we we you touched on that. Like um, low rolls, it would be a bad result. Good rolls would be something amazing. Yeah, uh, him poofing out of like like fucking uh, nightcrawler nightcrawler that did that didn't happen in the campaign that was added uh, for the store for the animation. But the fire one that was funny. He rolled a twenty on that one. Oh, very cool. Yeah, uh, and then for the uh, for him turning into a triceratops. So it was what had happened was that he ran into that room and Matt ended the episode. So they had to wait a whole week to see what was going to happen to Scanlan. Um, he uh, apparently him and Matt had talked about what was going to happen because Sam had an idea of what he wanted to do while he was in that room, which was read that spell, but sing it. Um, and out of the campaign, Scanlan goes, I want to turn into a dinosaur. And Matt says, okay, which dinosaur do you want to turn into? Because it's going to depend on, like, a dice roll. And he says, I want to turn into uh, um, a uh, Triceratops. Matt scrambled to find a Triceratops toy. Could not. And had to replace it with a Stegosaurus. (laughs) Oh. That's unfortunate. But, yeah, dude. It gave him 101 health. Nice. For, for the triceratops for him yeah so uh, i just i love it dude i love it so much and I've, i'm just i'm just so fucking deep like i'm i'm probably in the next month or so gonna end up finishing the second campaign via the podcast like i'm already six episodes in and it's just been a week like i'm listening to a whole episode a day and each episode's like four hours so i'm deep in it but oh yeah well, why don't we go ahead and give our final thoughts on the, on the, on I guess these three episodes and the season. Yeah, uh, these three episodes and the season on a whole, I'm going to give it an A plus. Uh, it started off, you know, I gave it a B plus starting out uh, because it was a little bit of a slow start. Uh, it didn't quite grab me for a couple episodes, but when it did, it didn't let go. Um, you know, and it left me wanting more. And of course, it does end on a little bit of a cliffhanger, uh, which will, I assume, lead directly into season two. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. If you enjoy the, if you enjoy high fantasy uh, with a comedic twist, even though the the stakes are high, there are grave situations. There are heavy fucking themes in this, but you can laugh at the situations while you're kind of gripping your chair arm uh, with excitement and anticipation. 
it's it's a lot of fun. If you're a fan of D and D, you know, as long as you don't play with a stick up your ass, uh, you'll love it. Um, you know, but I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. Very very fun. What about you, Greg? I mean, I mirror kind of exactly what you say. I mean, except for the beginning part, that first scene in the in the bar. I was like immediately like I know I'm gonna fucking love this show. Like I've, I think I've told you a hundred fucking times. Like the motif of found family and um, like kind of dark visuals, if you will. Like the the bloodiness and the goriness of of the show itself, on top of how funny it is. I just oh my god, that stuff just will never not be entertaining to me. Um. So it had that going for it. And then it just had like really well fleshed out characters. And I think a lot of that, you know, somebody was talking about this on Twitter, that the reason that Vox Machina is so popular and so famous and that the reason that people love fucking Critical Role is because, and I think D&D does this as a whole, these characters are not just one dimensional characters. It's not just, um, you know, like, you know, Grog might be a little one dimensional but I think his relationship with Pike speaks volumes too. Um, but then you have characters like Vex and Vax who are super fucking complex. And then you have Percy who's super fucking complex. Sure. You have your typical tropes like, Oh, my whole family was killed and I have to get revengeance, but there's more to it than just that. And I think that's, that's kind of where I love it so much is that it's very clear to me that they didn't go into this with the idea of creating boring characters. Yeah. And I, and, and having speaking be, of speaking of characters, who's your favorite? Uh, oh boy. Scanlan for the comedy and, and like Pike for the fucking, for just like that, that combo of the kind of character that she is. Gotcha. Me being the fucking, uh, I, I I like the I like the characters that most people tend to not like and dislike more than most. I'm I'm a big fan of Percy. Oh, I figured you would be. I your your favorite movie is The Crow. Of course, you're a big fan of Percy. That that tracks the like it wouldn't you wouldn't believe. That's not a dog on you for liking Crow. It just no, it makes sense. But, um. No, I, I think Percy's a great character because, you know, he he's he's got that brooding darkness about him, but he's also very pompous. He's he's got that like I was of royalty, and I and like, you know, when they said that he would they were being invited to the uh, to that dignitaries ball, um, he was he was the he was excited where everyone else was like ugh, and it, that that was this is rad. It's just fucking cool. So, but uh, um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, the whole show gets an A+. The last three episodes get an A+. I fucking loved it. I mean, I was glued to my screen. Um, I mean, I'm not joking. It was Thursday night. I was fucking exhausted, and I just finished watching this last episode of Critical Role, and I was like, I was in tears, and I was like, okay, it's, a, it's 11.30, 11.45, somewhere in there, and I know that at midnight, the three episodes come out. So I went downstairs and I got a snack and I came up and I watched all three and I was, I was fucking ready to fall. Like I, I passed out right after watching them, but I was, I was a hundred percent there. Cause I was just like, I, I gotta fucking see how this ends. I'm not going to bed until I do. So 
It's it's arguably one of my favorite things that has come out of 2022 so far. Like maybe well, maybe my favorite thing at this point. What I did, I watched an episode each night after playing uh, uh, Horizon Forbidden West. That way, I c- it could help me come down a little bit. <laughs> That's fair. But yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's go ahead and, and move on. Uh, check out the Legend of Vox Mach on Amazon Prime. I guarantee you'll like it. If you if you kind of like Lord of the Rings, or if you're into let's say Guardians of the Galaxy, you're gonna fucking love this show. Um, but that's where I'll end there. Uh, so uh, it's been what two years since the last season of Marvelous Miss Maisel? Yeah, roughly close to it. It feels uh, like it's know. been way too long because I barely remembered what the fuck was going on. Well, I rewatched the first three seasons a couple weeks back. Yeah, I don't uh, have that time in my life. Well, I didn't watch them all at once. I, okay, yeah, I did. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I know you. <laughs> well, it's like, hmm, what do I have to do today? Fuck all. Well, let's do this. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, this season picks up right after the last season ended, where uh, 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 Miriam was on the fucking tarmac. Mm-hmm. Um. She did not go to Prague. Where were the fuck was she going? It, it, they were they were going to Prague. It was the first leg of the European tour, and they kicked her off the tour on the tarmac outside of the plane. That's right. Yeah. Which they revealed during the episode that it was it was printed the very next morning, which means that the paper had to have that story in hand before it even happened. Right. Right. So they knew they did it to humiliate them. Yeah, because that's the thing you have to keep in mind about the show. If if you haven't watched it in a while or don't remember exactly, it takes place in the late fifties. This is a time where Well, uh, this this is June of nineteen sixty, they established. Okay, did I miss that entirely? Well, my saying where it takes place isn't entirely wrong on my part. Um but the reason I mentioned that the the time year or the date is because uh there is no respect for female comedian doesn't exist there was Um, barely any respect for females period yeah yes and uh so she's getting you know she's getting screwed over and unfortunately um oh my god her manager the fuck's her name um Susie Susie is also getting the shit into the stick on this because you know Susie sees the fucking the talent Susie sees the the potential and is just, you know, is also getting told to go fuck herself by the people in the industry. So, but, um, you know, it goes back into the, the problems that the two have, uh, with booking places or, or getting money. Like, it's like you said that the paper printed it out and suddenly it, it felt like she was being blackballed from every club in New York. Yeah, places that she would normally work, they were just like, no, we're not bumping anybody for her. Yeah. And shit acts going up and not getting bumped, even though she clearly is super talented and will make an audience laugh their asses off. Right. Um, Another problem is she doesn't like to play places that have a lot of alcohol. Uh, 
I can't remember if they have ever established a reason, but she likes what they refer to as basket houses where there's no alcohol and people are actually focused on her words and not so much, you know, being loaded and more likely to heckle. Who knows? I don't. But... It's, it's definitely weird. And, and there's a shot in, in the second episode, um, which I'm going to jump to that for just for just a second. But the guy that Susie meets in the park, um, he's 100% correct. Uh, Harry Drake. Harry Drake. Uh, uh, talent, the talent, and it does. This isn't just comedians, but the talent is fucking stupid. This is why the talent needs managers because they will make the dumbest fucking choices for their art. Yeah, and I use quotation figures on the word art because it is art, and I'm not taking that away. But it's like your art isn't more important than like trying to fucking make ends meet with your with your comedy. But um. The other angle of this isn't just their struggles because that's Miriam's struggle is that she's trying to get back to some sort of sense of normalcy and she's trying to uh, she's trying to figure out what to do next, what the next step in her life is. And then there's Susie who's like, oh, that's right. I gambled away all of my fucking talent's money. Yeah, just as the talent had on a whim, bought her old apartment back from her ex-father-in-law um, and used her contract as collateral. Uh, and now she doesn't have that contract anymore. And she needed all of her money. So you see Susie scrambling around. I need money for the insurance fraud money. We're, you know, we defrauded the insurance company, but we need that check. That was hilarious, the way they went about that whole thing, her and her sister. Yeah. Um, but the the scene that killed me is oh it's so good the Coney Island scene uh, Midge calls uh, to see what everybody's doing because uh, she's going to try to figure out how to tell them that she was kicked off the tour she just didn't want to show up uh, so she's on the phone with them and they're having a birthday party for her son. She's like, his birthday's not until November, but they're having it in June. Uh, she's like, you can't change his birthday. It's like, eh, November was a bad time for us. You know, I've got deadlines. Your mother's working. Uh, your brother's going to, you know, everybody's going to be busy doing things. She's like, you can't just change his birthday. And they're like, well, you, it doesn't affect you anyway. You're not even here and you won't be here then. Uh, which is funny because they go to Coney Island and her dad, Abe, you know, he thinks that they're just going to ride the Ferris wheel one time and go and everybody else is wanting to make a day of it. And he's just all perplexed, uh, complaining about everything. And they finally make it to the line for the Ferris wheel and she shows up and they're like, what are you doing here? I thought you were in Prague. She's like, I know. Uh, and he's like, I got an extra ticket. Get the money back from this. And she uses the ticket and gets on the Ferris wheel. So here they are scattered out through all these Ferris wheel cars, spinning around over Coney Island, you know, <laughs> 100, 150 feet up in the air. Who knows how long it is, how high it is. Abe exaggerated and said it's 2,000 feet or something like that. But the whole right. family, whole family, her, her parents, their, their, her two kids, her ex-husband, his parents, uh, you know, a couple of neighborhood kids of her sons that 
they are just on separate cars yelling at each other, telling each other what happened. What happened? I got fired. What? What was that? You got fired. You just bought an apartment. Now you've got no money. I didn't say I didn't have money. I said I got fired. How are you going to pay for it? You know why you got fired? You can't tell a joke. I told you. You know, this kind of shit is going on. And Joel's mother, Shirley, had bought her and the three boys funnel cake. The whole time after this conversation is going on, she's like, oh, this funnel cake's delicious. Petey, is your funnel cake delicious? I lost it over that shit. Because after, after he didn't answer, she... You know, yells at the next little boy. She yells at her grandson. Ethan, is your funnel cake delicious? Oh, God. And that's when I messaged you a couple hours later. You had watched it, you know, and a couple of days later, I messaged you in all caps. Greg, is your funnel cake delicious? And you just started answering me. Well, I guess it's fine and everything, you know, it's typical funnel cake. How are they any different? Are they different there? So, so the reason along those lines, the reason it didn't quite click is we got it raising canes here in, in, in Elk Grove. And, uh, um, my dad and I went and got some of it last night and I was telling you, we were talking about food for like a minute. Cause I didn't know what you guys had in, uh, um, in Raleigh in regards to that. And, well, I'm um, not, not Raleigh. Yeah. I'm sorry. Jesus Christ, Greg. Uh, <laughs> In you had it in Raleigh when you were here. Right, right, right. Um, and uh, and so I thought it was in relation to that. So my brain wasn't even remotely close to the scene. And you were like, you were like, uh, the scene in Marvelous Miss I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, okay, got it. I got it. That's very, that's... very, very funny scene. Oh, my God. Incredibly funny. I, I, well I Yeah, I, I, because you had kind of prefaced like in a sense warned me about the scene, not intentionally. Um, I no, didn't tell you. Intentionally. Yeah. I didn't tell you where I was in the episode. So, you, so the second that I was like, I told you where I was, you were like, um, oops, sorry. And I'm like, that's fine. I, I should have said something. But the reason I say that is because like, I'm watching the scene fucking cry laughing. It's so fucking funny. Yeah. And, uh, I think I said to you, like, whoever wrote that scene deserves an Emmy alone. Like, that's, I was incredible. Um, but yeah, like, the, the outside of that amazing scene, the story now is about at least where, where we're left off at the end of episode two is, is like, um, there are some serious tight money struggles right now. Yeah. Yeah. I know in the second episode, she's like trying to, reopen her tabs with all these businesses because you know you see in the first episode of the first season you know she's at the butcher she's like put it on my tab you know you see her picking up things she's like put it on my tab she had she had a line of credit turns out the line of credit was in her husband's name and not hers and nobody is extending her lines of credit so now she has no actual income coming in and no way to pay for the things that she needs uh, and she's stressing out about it. Uh, you know, at the same time, we see Joel, his club, is doing extremely well to where the owners are, like, telling his girlfriend, uh, you were supposed to set him up to make sure he failed. He's not failing. There's too much, be too many eyes on the business. So they're trying to get him to tank his business. He instead cuts them in on the business and starts giving them 10% uh, of his take. 
not Lee. Uh, you know, it's there's a lot of st- a lot of irons in the fire. You know, Abe finds out that his job is a shit job, even though he loves it. It pays for shit, and that moment that he and her had at the end of the second episode, uh, where they're both just having a drink, and he's like. He's like, this is my paycheck. Will it will it help? Will it buy anything? She's like an egg. He's like, all right, here's my egg money. She's like, oh, maybe two eggs. Oh, just one sort of an omelet. And, you know, and they're laughing about that. And he's like, he's like, this is what we do for our art, you know. And he he bonded with her. He finally, it feels like he had that moment of I respect what you're doing and I understand why you're doing what you're doing now. What do you think? Well, I think, you know, one of my favorite things about Abe as a character is that he, um, you know, he grew up in the Great Depression. And, uh, you know, his entire concept of, you know, it was the Great Depression and and World War II. And so he has this completely different view than than Miriam's going to have. You know, sure, she was a teenager during World War II, but... uh, No, she wasn't. It's only 19... It's only 1960. She's only 26. So how old was she been in during during World War II? At the end of it, nine or ten. Okay, I thought she was older than that. I thought she was like 29. No, when the series started, she was only 24 or 25. Okay, that's okay. Um, well, she doesn't have the the hardships that Abe had. Uh, she hasn't experienced that stuff that Abe has. Oh no, she's lived a life of privilege. Yeah, and she finally realized what a life of privilege she had led. Right, but on the other end, Abe always kind of on guard, always ready to deal with whatever next catastrophe was around the corner. Um, and uh, what he learns by at least you know this episode is. He's not prepared like he thought he was. He's not ready like he thought he was. And that that has allowed him the sight to understand why Midge is the way that she is. I don't know why I call her Midge. Everyone else does, so that's kind of where my brain goes. Well, I mean, that's her nickname. Right. Um, And I, I absolutely love this scene because one of my favorite things about what this show really is really saying is like, are you out there a struggling artist? Do you have something you would like to show the world and you're trying your best to get as many eyes on it? And you know that you're talented, but it's difficult and you're a struggling artist and, and you're, and, and you think you got a leg up, but then it goes down. Oh, so did this girl in the late fifties, early, early sixties, you know? And, and I, I, that's, I think that's what I love is that, I think there's this glamorous side that people think of, of entertainment, you know? Um, and it's just not the case. It's just not the case. Uh, some are born into it. Sure. You know, you got your, your actors that, you know, both the parents were, were successful actors. And so they became a successful actor and they lived a life of privilege and got roles because their you know, their parents were like, Hey, give my kid a chance. Um, but there's a lot that don't a lot that didn't. 
and a lot that sacrificed a lot of their life. Uh, and Miriam is an example of that. She sacrificed a fuck ton to be where she is, and it's not the best place. And so I personally feel like The Marvelous Miss Maisel is a show of hope and inspiration. And uh, every time we get a new episode, I know that we're going to have that. And so I I think that's why I love the show as much as I do. Not just because it's super funny, it's cleverly written, all the characters are wonderful and you give a fuck about them, but you also have the angle that I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. So it also teaches the rule of like never give up. Never give oh, up. Oh, absolutely. So, but anyway, uh, well, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, let's give our final thoughts on these two episodes and give it a grade. I'll, I'll pop in first since you went first last time. Uh, these two episodes get an A, uh, not an A plus because I feel like there are some there's some aspects to it that can kind of be wrapped up. We don't have to dwell on them too much. Like, I'm sorry, Joel's shit with the fucking um, the the Chinese landlords or owners i don't know what to call them um and their bar under or their their like illegal gambling underneath the the club that he opened up i don't care that much i really really don't it's not that interesting i think, I think it's going to come into play later oh i'm sure it just feels like there's a there was a lot of time spent on it and like don't get me wrong that scene where he's trying to use the translation book was was funny um and it was poignant it was still ran away too long in my opinion but other than that I don't really have a whole lot to say about the episode. I think that the fucking Coney Island scene deserves a goddamn Emmy. That shit was amazing. Um, I was like willing to just show that to my folks alone. Cause I was like, you gotta see this. Like if this doesn't get you to watch the show from the start, I don't know what will. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, uh, I give it a solid A. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's an A. Uh, it's, it's wonderfully charming, delightful show that, you know, it, it it tugs at your heartstrings in places. It makes you feel for these characters. They're well developed, well thought out characters. Uh, you know, in real life situations, uh, but set in the late fifties, early sixties. This being nineteen sixty now, as of the show uh, fourth season beginning. Uh, it's it's so good. It's so good, and I just saw that. It was renewed for a fifth and final season last week. So there will be one more season after this. I was thinking that this was it, but they apparently added a fifth season. Um, so that's good. But yeah, I highly recommend this show. It is one of my favorite things you can watch on Prime Video. Um, and I can't wait until Lenny Bruce shows up again. Because yeah. the guy they got doing him is perfect. Yeah, that's we've talked about it in the past, but that's one of my favorite aspects to uh, uh, the show entirely. Is it, it showcases like early stand-up comedy? Like a lot of respect should be laid to Lenny Bruce and how he kind of created the world, the what's what's what we know as stand-up comedy to this day. So. But anyway, yeah, I can't wait to see him again in the show. We got six more episodes, three more weeks, so um, you'll get two hours every week. If you start watching now, which the new episode came out today as of uploading this. So if you're listening to this on Friday when we upload it, 
which you should. I'm looking at you, guy that watched that listens to this on Saturday. How dare you? Um, there's two mm-hmm. new episodes out. So. Which, speaking of, we are going to wrap this puppy up because I am fucking hungry. Uh, I am too. I haven't eaten anything since 8 a.m. and it is currently 4 p.m. over here. So I need to eat. It's it's seven here and I ate at about eleven. So yeah, it's been eight hours since I ate anything. Okay, so we're both okay, we're both on the same board. Anyway. Um so yeah, uh next week we're just gonna talk about Marvelous Miss Maisel. Uh like I said, March is gonna be a heavy month. We're gonna have a lot to review every single week. Um and we'll see how that fucking pans out. Oh, that was the other thing that comes out in March is uh, Moon Knight. That oh, yeah. That's right. I knew there was something else I was forgetting. Um, but yeah, so next week we're going to talk about episode uh, three and four of Marvelous Miss Maisel. And then I'm going to create a game for us to play because we haven't done that in a minute. And I think that'll be fun. Um, but other than that, Wee. what's up? Wee. Oh, we. Uh, other than that, yeah, uh, check out our socials which are listed down below that's where you'll see if we add anything um i doubt we will this week but uh we'll we'll, and we need to be better about being on social media but um make sure you check out the teespring store that's where you can find uh clothing with our cartoon faces on it uh it helps support the show it helps uh you know keep your back warm so you know it's it's a win-win um make sure you check out the youtube channel that's where you can watch this live also i uploaded a review of peacemaker season one which you can check out um and i'm going to be uh recording a review for the cuphead show on netflix very soon here and that'll be up on the youtube as well so you're getting like quickie reviews from me um but uh yeah other than that uh make sure you subscribe to that and and uh, hit like on all the videos so that way it you know boosts our content to other people who might be interested in the show it's free to you why don't you do it you've got nothing to lose uh, I guess it would fuck with your algorithm a little bit, but yeah, Al Gore can go fuck himself. Um, it's algorithm, get it? I'm super serial. Anyway, Maya, where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook under my name. It's a public profile. Uh, my Twitter and Instagram profiles are linked to my Facebook page. So if you want to follow me on either of those, just find me on Facebook and follow the links. Uh, you can catch me on Figure Banging on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel every other Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. No new show this week, though. Uh, Ace, the host, is uh, in the midst of changing jobs, transitioning to a new job. And just hasn't had time to put anything for a show together this week. So hopefully back on a regular schedule two weeks from now. Uh, But yeah, that's where you can find me. What about you, Greg? Uh, You can find me on uh, all socials under Chub Rock Geek. Uh, It's pretty easy, pretty simple. Uh, You can also uh, follow the Mission Start podcast site. Um, You can find all sorts of stuff on there. Anthony's got projects he's working on. We do a... um, uh, uh, seasonal by by quarterly, I get yeah, quarterly. There you go, Jesus. A quarterly podcast where we just kind of catch up and talk about gaming news over a certain course of time. Um, I'm also trying to send him reviews of video games, I'm really bad about getting on that, but uh, also been thinking about just doing like 
opinions on things just just to fucking stir up stir the pot if you catch my drift so but yeah that's mission start podcast or mission start tubes on youtube uh if you're interested in video games go check that stuff out but um but again guys uh thank you so much for listening marvelous miss mazel next week and a game just because march is going to be heavy um go watch that and uh we'll see you next week take care everybody